Remaining standing, please pray with me. Oh God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire. Take our minds and think through them. And then surround our wills that we may be of service to you and your world. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's great to be back. I want to thank your rector, Chris, and for the staff and clergy and for the organizing committee that's done an outstanding job in celebrating the 75th anniversary. It's great to be back with you, and Valerie joins me in sending love to the whole community. The hospitality has been always A plus at St. Michael and All Angels, and we're glad to be back. Um, I feel at home because y'all are still sitting in the same seats you were sitting in when I left. (laughs) I'm glad some of you are back after pandemic and that some of you have um, no masks on. I live in Florida now, that's a no mask state. (laughs) I said to Valerie recently, in your wildest dreams, could you have imagined that we would be so fortunate that in late 2006 to be called uh, to be here at this magnificent parish and to serve for a little over eight years your wildest dreams then could you have imagined that when we left that we would go to New York City and then to Atlanta and then Los Angeles, Beverly Hills to be exact. And now uh, we're in another interim in Palm Beach. It's not, we're not in Honduras during hard labor, we're in Palm Beach. (laughs) In your wildest dreams I said could you have imagined us being so fortunate And there was a long pause, and then Valerie said, Darling, I love you very much, but you're never in my wildest dreams. (laughs) Those of you who know Valerie know that's pretty close to comfort, actually. There's a guy named Peter Marty. He told a story about Josh, who was a farmer in the Midwest. Uh, It seems that Josh the farmer from the Midwest had an unusual happening recently uh, having to do with the hood of his truck, his pickup truck. Uh, As he was being interviewed, this is what Josh said, you won't believe Jesus fell off my truck on I-80 yesterday. He had a bad tumble with me going 75 miles an hour. It seems that several months before the big happening of Jesus taking the crash, is that some of his friends were having a lark and they put a bobblehead Jesus on the front of his hood with a spring neck, white with a red tunic. He said, you know, what was interesting is while that was a joke, when Jesus was on my truck, I followed all the rules of the road. I went the speed limit, I stopped at all stop signs, I was nice to everyone. It was sort of like he was always looking at me And it was sort of like I was always looking at him. It was kind of like he was climbing into my conscience as I drove my truck around my farm. (laughs) Then it happened. Despite surviving sleet and snow and bad weather, a tractor trailer finally blew him off the front of the truck. When asked Josh, uh, do you miss Jesus on the front? Yeah, I kind of do, he said. But, you know, there's some residue of him still on the truck. Some traces of Jesus are still on the hood of my, of my car. I thought that's what All Saints is. 
traces of Christ remain. If All Hallows' Eve is Mass Off Day, All Saints is to pause and to remember the residue of Christ, the tracings of Jesus that have been in our midst all through history and here in Dallas. This is the week that we stop, we push pause to have a great sense of remembrance, those who've been part of our life, those who are the light bearers, those who've helped shaped us into who we are. Some of them are a long past and they're only part of our history. People like Francis and Claire of Assisi, who were known for serving the poor, Thomas More, who had the courage of his, of his conviction, Albert Schweitzer, who wanted to heal people, Peter and Paul, who saw as their ministry the preaching of the gospel, Mary Magdalene, Priscilla, Dorcas, and Phoebe, all serving in humility and charity. And yet, for every St. Teresa or St. Paul, there is also an Uncle Sam or a Grandpa Jim. They're unknown. It's the unpaid mayor of the small town or the third grade teacher who stayed the extra hour to teach the child. Or it's the youth minister who painstakingly listened to that teenager one more time. Or it's all the extra people who came along in your life and mine who cleaned our sheets and washed our clothes and served us meals, who saw to it that we did our homework, who saw to it that we, when we were baptized that we began to live into that baptism. We call them saints, not because they performed two miracles and they were approved by the Collegial College in Rome, which is a bizarre process, by the way, but because they belong to God, simply put, and they try to, to leave some residue of grace, some tracings of Christ for the rest of us. Oh, they're gone, but we still experience their residue, don't we? Of course, all saints are also all sinners. None of us can go without a bad hair day once in a while. We all fall short, don't we? We all say our journey is incomplete. We're half-baked. We haven't arrived. We still have a ways to go regarding this baptismal life. So we join all the saints, but we also join all the sinners. But All Sinners Day just doesn't have quite the rhyme that All Saints does. Some of them have not been well regarded. You'll remember that they wanted to throw Jesus off the hill one day in Nazareth. Sometimes those saints are not well liked either, at least at first in our life. We've all had some who pushed us, that fourth grade math teacher or that coach who wanted to make us run a few more laps. we sort of under our breath, did not like them in those days. And yet what they were doing for us was, couldn't have been better. Agatha Christie recalls such a person in her own life. She writes, I can't recall for you her name, but I remember that she was short and spare. I can still see her eager jutting jaw as she roamed the front of our seventh grade math class. We didn't care for her, Agatha Christie said. One day, quite unexpectedly, in the middle of arithmetic lesson, 
She launched forth on a speech about life and religion. All of you, she said, every one of you will pass through a time when you face despair and hardship. If you never face despair and some suffering, you'll never know what it means to live in someone else's shoes. To be a person of faith, you must walk the way of Christ, leave behind the grace that Christ gives you. In addition, the joy and promise and hope and peace you must also know in Christ doesn't mean that you and I get to sidetrack the Garden of Gethsemane to empty ourselves for others, she said to Agatha Christie's class. Six years ago when I thought I would retire from St. Michael and All Angels at 60, I was dead wrong. <laughs> we went off to New York and then Atlanta and then LA and then now Palm Beach. And um, when I, we were in New York at Grand St. Bartholomew's Church, Midtown Manhattan, this cavernous building with all these mementos all the way back to the 1830s lining their walls near the chair where I sat like the chair here behind the pulpit was a nameplate, massive bronze slab. It said, to the dear memory of Priscilla Goodman, 1843 to 1921. Who in the world was Priscilla Goodman? I asked myself Sunday by Sunday by Sunday. The one who was on the wall behind me, looking over me, casting prayers from heaven, a heavenly place. The epitaph simply, simply read this, she hath done what she could. She hath left behind the grace of God. That's it. That's how Priscilla's life is remembered at St. Bartholomew's in New York. She hath done what she could. She hath left behind the grace of God. Josh was asked, do you miss Jesus on the hood of your truck? Well, yes I do, but part of him is still there. There's some tracings of Jesus that remain. As I gather with you on this wonderful 75th anniversary, I am reminded of tracings of Jesus, of residue of Christ that have been left behind in this congregation. This year we gather after a pandemic where we've had a lot of loss. We've lost some of those great saints that we even knew six years ago. Most recently, Steve and Amanda. A whole host of people who have left behind residues of Christ, tracings of Jesus for us. Sometimes those acts were simple. In my own life, it was the prayer shawl ministry, thinking enough of their rector that they would give me a Duke Blue prayer shawl to take to my dying father. It meant the world to him. Not only that it was Duke Blue, but it, that it came from his son's congregation. Small acts. Acts that change lives, acts that change our life, yours and mine. Sometimes they're large to gather month by month by month with this congregation to totally transform a 62 block area of Dallas, a monumental 
mission and effort that still continues. Large ball, we call it. This church doesn't play small ball. This church plays large ball to be so robust and spirited and faithful to think that with a community like the Jubilee Park neighborhood that we could totally transform life for 62 blocks. Do you know that's the size of a medium-sized city in the United States? So we remember, Valerie and I do, of wonderful occasions of the, in this church. But an occasion like All Saints Sunday is not just about remembrance, it's also about looking forward, about hope. These baptisms this morning tell us that we cast our faith into the future also. Yes, we reside on the past, we stand on their shoulders, but we cast ourselves in hope into the future. That's the imperative, isn't it? That we'll say in our baptismal covenant this morning, that we'll be a people of prayer and scripture, that we'll be a people of the sacraments, that we'll repent of those times when we're not so much God's image, that we'll respect the dignity of every human being, that we'll roll up our sleeves and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. It's a high calling, and there's a lot of work to do after a pandemic. This church will be a beacon of light for the Diocese of Dallas, I dare say, and also for this community and beyond, way beyond places like Honduras and Bolivia, where I remember serving one whole week with Dana Jewett, where Dana walked to that orphanage and children ran out and hugged Daddy Dana. So we look forward in an anniversary to what God has in store. God will bless your rector, Chris, and the clergy staff, but all of you in rolling up your sleeves and loving your neighbor in the legacy of the saints. David Brooks doesn't just write for the New York Times, he also writes important books. His most recent one is The Second Mountain. He recounts a poignant moment when he goes to visit his grandfather. He writes, when I was 22, I visited my grandfather in the hospital. His room was stifling hot. He sat in a chair with a robe on in the corner in a dark place. The doctors didn't give him long to live. I'm a dead duck, he said as I walked into the room. We talked about this and that and the other for a few hours. When I got up to leave, my grandfather began to sob. He writes, I've never, I've never seen a grown man cry like that. My grandfather was big and tough and dignified. And there he was sobbing. He said to me through his tears, God has been so good to me. Even when I didn't deserve it, even in my worst days, he said to David Brooks, God has been so good to me. Then he looked at me and said, God, I love you so. It was in that moment when I felt like God's very voice was speaking through my grandfather's voice as if to say to me, David Brooks, you're a beloved child of God. Do you know that? I began to 
hear God's voice coming to me from my grandfather's face. Do you know that you're a beloved child of God and that your calling is to love others as God is loving you? I could hear then words that I'd never heard in my life. Go now then, go, David Brooks, into the world and love others as God is already loving you. Go now to all of us. Go now into the world, loving others in the legacy of the saints and leave some residue of God's grace, some tracings of Jesus in your wake. Happy anniversary, St. Michael and all angels.